0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. After losing three straight and feeling their grip on the number nine seed fading, the Indiana Pacers took on the Oklahoma City Thunder Wednesday night. It seemed like a must win and should be win for the Pacers. Despite no DeMontis Sabonis, no Miles Turner, obviously no TJ Warren, no Gogo Beatazde, no Jakar Sampson, no Jeremy Lamb, the list went on and on. Despite all of that, the Pacers put up 122 points, propelled by 28 from Malcolm Brogdon, 28 from Karis LeVert, and 23 from newly minted multi-year player O'Shea Bursette. More on him later as the Pacers beat the Thunder 122-116. to 116. Thunder were led by Darius Bazley's 26 points. Welcome in to the Locked on Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm the host of this wonderful show. On today's podcast, we're going to talk O'Shea set and a ton about him after, after tonight's great performance. And well, probably almost two segments worth of talk. But we're going to start with a quick talk about the Pacers win tonight and why they won tonight's game. Um, without mentioning us over and over again, but uh, the Pacers finally played a complete game. So a symptom of the Pacers, for the better part of, I don't know, I'm going to call it three months, has been they play 40 good minutes of basketball and eight just completely terrible, miserable, no-good basketball. And then those eight minutes, they play so bad it drags down their 40 minutes of good basketball and essentially they lose the game. Tonight they didn't really have that right. Their, their lowest quarter was 26 points. The most points gave up in a quarter was 30. They did try to blow this game. Uh, they were up 118-111, and all of a sudden it was 118-116 with 25 seconds left or so. Though so they did try to blow this game. Don't get me wrong, they they tried. But overall they played a very complete game. The defense at the end of the game was really solid. They had a couple of nice stops. Um, a big steal by uh, TJ McConnell at the end of the game to kind of push them forward. McConnell had I think the only steal, but McConnell finished the game with 12 points, eight assists, and one steal. Uh, and then you had a couple of nice uh, three point shots in Brogdon and Levert and a nice shot here or there. I will say Levert did take a shot at the end of the game that he sort of was better off killing more time on the clock and it's not not a great shot to take but he took it none, nonetheless. Uh, you had Brogdon with 29 points and 15 rebounds, 7 assists. It's doing Malcolm Brogdon things, right? He's uh, this is going to be it's sad when you look at the end of the season cuz Brogdon will have probably this great stat line. Like right now his stat line is 21.3 points, five rebounds, six assists a game, and it will probably end up being one of the best of his career this season. And it will be kind of like almost a wasted season in some ways because Pacers will not have accomplished much this year. Um Sumner had a pretty nice game with ten points as well. Pacers just went eight deep. They didn't go any further. Uh honestly, with all the injuries to the roster and suspensions, like to Jakar, they didn't have they didn't have a great depth, right? That's why they started O'Shea. We'll talk about how I said later. But eventually they didn't play any cash of Stanley. I thought you might see a little bit of him just because, why not at this point? But they played the win. I mean, that's what Yorkrim wanted, and they played the win, and they and they barely snuck by. So, I mean, any bad play or any kind of rookie play from Stanley could have dragged them down. So I, I, I get why he didn't play them. Um, when you look, look across the roster, though, this this game was, uh, I would say, kind of typical Pacers against a bad team. Score a lot of points get some timely stops, just be a little better in the, the game than you know, the bottom feeding of the league for the thunder, right? They didn't, they don't really have anybody playing. No shake goes at Alexander. This team is in full tank mode, so it doesn't really matter for them. And so this is a nice win. It puts the Pacers about two and a half ahead of the 11 seeded Raptors and three ahead of the bulls. Wow. The bulls have fallen out of the top 10 for that big trade for Vucevic and trying to go all in. Yeah. So the Pacers are not out of the woods yet. Um, if they can't sweep this weekend's games against uh, Detroit and Orlando, then that will be a concern for sure. If they can't, if they can't do that, then they, we might have to be talking about this team like barely, barely making the playing game. But if they can do that, then they'll look a little better, and I will feel better at the team's shot at getting in that playing game. With we've got 14 games left. So they got they got two and a game 14, games left, which is not insurmountable, but it's pretty hard to overcome. Uh, some of the injury update, real fast. A name I didn't mention, Doug McDermott, because there's so many injuries. Uh, it's still day it with ankle injuries. Sabonis day have a back injury, um, that's been sidelining him since. I think it's been over a week now, give or take. Uh, Lamb missing a game with it with a knee injury. He out there day today. There's no timetable on Turner right now after um, that tear of the planter. Thing, thing in the right toe. <laughs> I think that's that's the. That's my my verbiage for it. And Goga, it did also with an ankle injury, and obviously Warren is that long term with a foot injury, not going to play this year. So um, five injuries to five players who are all playing in the rotation. Uh, two of them starters, kind of a half starter. So and then you know there's seventh man and So This is you know injuries are piling up. I hope they don't rush anybody back, but. Going eight deep isn't easy. You know, Levert played forty one, Barnum thirty nine, O'Shea at forty two. That's not great either. They will get your car back for the next game. Obviously, it's serving a one game suspension. Um, I, I guess that warranted suspension. I haven't I haven't done a lot. Of it. I mean, it wasn't great look for your car. Got thrown out of the game. I guess it was. It was probably an, if it happened in the first quarter, it might have just been like thrown out. That was it. But it happened so late in that fourth that I get it. But. Um, I don't know, that was a little stupid move by Jacar, but it is what it is. It get heated. It's been a long season, it's what happens. Um, but they'll get him back next game, so they'll at least be able to play nine deep, hopefully. The next game if they have all the same injuries. But yeah, things are things are odd, I will say, for this Pacer team, and that's because somebody like O'Shea Brissett played forty-two minutes tonight, and RP was their best player, and he's a guy who wasn't on this roster three weeks ago. Um, so I'll talk about him next. But first, today's episode is Brought to you by Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tensions using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragon doesn't just feel good, it gets the source of the pain by releasing tension. Using Theragon's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibrations alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from a workout, an injury, or just the stresses of your everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragon 4. The OLED screen design makes you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to, just go to Theragon.com right now and check it out. The Theragon app learns from your behavior, it's just guided routines, and try the Theragon 30 days at only $198. If you go to theragon.com slash locked on, it's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Right now, you can get the gen for Theragon today. That's theragon.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D, locked on, theragon.com slash locked on. It's been a pretty long, and I would say mostly miserable season for the Pacers. There was a good start, and then things faded off. There hasn't been a lot of good signs, a lot of happiness, a lot of positive things to go for this team until O'Shea Berset showed up. Um, as you know by now, if listen to this podcast, he signed a three year contract with the Pacers yesterday. Uh, it is not fully guaranteed, so we'll, and I don't think any things are released on what is and, and isn't guaranteed for it right now, so we'll see how that plays out. But he's definitely earning his spot on this team next year, the way he's been playing as of late. Um, he's been really good for this team. Knight's Stat line, 23 points, 12 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, and 3 blocks. Basically out of think he's six. At 6'7, he's playing center. Uh, I, you know, being kind of an athletic beast around the rim for this Pacer team. Um, he has played six games for this team and is averaging five points. But if you just take um if you just take his last four games, you look at 23. 13, 4, and 10. So if you average those out, do math real quick in my head, you get an average of about 12.5 points per game. I think that the six games is uh, not counting tonight's game. I'm looking at NBA stats, and I think they didn't add in tonight's game yet. So he has played now, um, I believe, seven games for this team and is averaging, um, I think, almost 10 points per game, which is pretty good for a guy who was basically on the street yesterday. Uh, What he does really well, obviously he has has an extreme athleticism um, for a guy his size. I mean, he can get up in the air and he can get after that ball. I mean, that's I think the right way to put it (laughs) um, in technical terms. And he's had that for a while. So the fun thing with is, um, I actually went to Syracuse and that's where he played. I saw him play in 2017, 18 on that Syracuse team. Made the Sweet 16. He's always um, been kind of an athlete. For that team, he almost played a little bit of power forward in some ways. Um, Syracuse is weird because they play so old school, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like you, you really can't figure it out because it's, they play this old school 2-3 zone, so like there's really the, how it turns to the NBA is kind of odd, I mean they've had, you know, Malkir should never turn anything, Kyle never became anything, but then there's been some other Syracuse players, actually Carmelo was the greatest Syracuse player, um other NBA guys like um uh, Carter Williams was okay but it, it's just weird I mean they they just the team is always like everybody's 6'5 to 6'10 and they play a 2-3 zone everybody can kind of put a little bit of everything and maybe they have a specialist for the center spot but O'Shea played a lot of power forward shooting a lot of like 12 foot jumpers for this team for the Syracuse team when he played there um so not as necess- not as a not a transferable skill to the NBA where you need to be shooting a ton of threes and making a ton of them um or being at a pretty high rate. So for the Pacers, though, he has shot um, from three this season. He's shot uh, he's shooting in the in the 50, in the fifty percent right now. I mean, tonight wasn't he was thirty percent, but he made half his shots. Uh, the other thing he's been he does really well um, is he plays really well off the ball with this Pacer team. You saw a lot of that um, moving in transition. I mean, just the high energyness, you call it that. He he provided a spark that this team. De- desperately needed. I mean, they, they were going through the motions so much. They needed somebody with some excitement who's excited to play. I mean, I thought you might get it from Sumner this season, um, and he did get it for a little bit, but then he never really got going. I mean, they just don't really, didn't really have any young player who was exciting and fun to watch. And I felt like the team's kind of starting to go go through the motions because all the young players were kind of eh, Right, Aaron Holiday's been pretty average, if below average, if for a couple games. Sumner's been fine, but uh, has really kind of like leveled off at like kind of like a below average score and a solid defender. Goga is still really, really raw and figuring it out. But O'Shea provided a nice spark where he like, like he's f- fun to play with and he's out there trying extremely hard and doing just a lot of everything in a way uh, and really, really pushing this team. And this is what's exciting about him. This is why I think you watch the NBA for somebody is for somebody unexpected to come out of nowhere, right? Before this, he was basically a Raptors like backbencher last season and got cut um so he's had some flashes you know he was okay for the raptors and showed some flashes and actually ended up signing a now you're guaranteed with them as well but at this point he is he's definitely earning himself uh at least a shot next year and they just really need it right they're, they're they're this team is so so bad at that four spot i mean that it and he is kind of the perfect fit right a guy who can play a hybrid four or five um and, like, if he could keep developing, it'd be fantastic because they desperately need that spot. That that four spot is phew, this team's weakest point by far, if you look at it, right? I mean, they basically are playing, they basically have three centers. Then they've got Warren who can play a forward spot. Justin Holiday, who's kind of a forward, more a guard, and McDermott, right? But, like, really, Holiday, Warren, and McDermott are all solid threes and maybe play four, but might also be better as twos. Versus, like, they don't have any, like, guy who can play kind of three and four, really. Aside to maybe Jakar, but Jakar can't shoot, so it kind of lowers that ceiling. So they don't really have any, like, four. And so Brissette is, like, an actual four. and not he played center, but that's because of desperation and because of injury. But, like, he'd fit perfectly at the four spot, um, especially if he can make the three-point shot. Obviously, he's not going to be a, what, 50-something percent shooter from three. But if he could be, you know, if... You know, he comes into Earth and shoots thirty-five to thirty-eight percent. That's pretty solid. I mean, that's, better than either either of the centers right now. Um, yeah, I mean, he sh- yeah, he's yeah, fifty-seven percent so far. That's not going to hold, but I mean, some of this is like transferable, right? His jump shot doesn't look terrible. Like He's got a clean look. He's not just like fluky making it. Um, and he's, yeah, like I said, he's just he's like the four spot this team could need, right? The the if the Pacers could find the four, it would clear up their center logic because they could finally move one of the players. And it would just, that's like how you maximize this team's ceiling, right? Is ultimately having, you know, a traditional four who can shoot the three, guard other other fours at the same time, which, Chicago, which sorry, O'Shea has some of that size. I, I haven't seen what he can do against other forwards. Well, there's um, will certainly get a chance coming. Other Pacers do play. Uh, it won't really matter this. in this weekend's game, well, he might get some shots at Jeremy Grant, which could be interesting if he does. Um, but that that's what they need. They need that four, and so... Worth a shot, and we'll see what happens with him. I mean, I, I, I'm i not sure I'm going to, you know, I buy completely that he's going to become the player he was tonight, but maybe he can become a rotation player. I'm not even sure if my name is a rotation player yet, um, but he should, he should be giving a shot right now, and we'll see. He's got 14 games to prove himself, a couple playing games hopefully, uh, and then they'll run it back next year and see. But, I, you know, I, I like him personally. I think he's got the size to be an NBA player. I think he's a talented shooter. Um, you know, he's not lost offensively, and um, he just has to, Basically, be able to keep up with the speed of the game defensively at times, and that's you know that's always every young player's hardest thing to do. I don't really know why he didn't get drafted. I'm sure because he was kind of undersized playing center. As I said in because he kind of played a, he kind of played the power forward center. Um, so it never to me never made really any sense why he didn't get drafted. I always thought he'd be a lane but he wasn't. You know, he was a really highly rated high school player. I think he was a five star, four star guy coming out of high school. And then he just wasn't, like, fantastic for the Syracuse team, right? He was just kind of, eh. So um, I get why I didn't get drafted, but it's good to see him developing, right? I've, I've liked it. It's always good to see young guys do this. And like I said, it's even better when it's a Syracuse grad, because, you know, as a fellow Syracuse grad, i got to stick up for those guys. All right, let's do this. Let's take one more break, and then I will give my weekly thoughts on where the Pacers fall in the standings and tanking. But first... Today's Locked On Patriots Podcast is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football and college basketball are way over. They've been over for a long time, but we are in the full swing in the heart of the NBA, NHL, and MLB seasons. And BetOnline.ag is the place to make those bets. They're going to be covered in like awards, which we've got the Academy Awards coming up this weekend, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. I love making prop bets. I got one rolling right now. Reds win the World Series, like 35 to 1. Betting about on prop bets. You can hedge them. It's a way I think it's a great way to kind of like, you can pick a team early, get long odds, and then just figure out how to hedge it right to make some money. I'm a big fan of that. And bet online on Discord for that and all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website today. Use mobile device. And you can sign up for a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That I means they give you fifty dollars of free money for every hundred dollars you put down. Put the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N BetOnline.ag. Your online sports book experts. And we are also brought to you by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for over. 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and check for all your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need for your car. And what I mean by that, you can get everything from oil to carpet to per- weather protected gear to even new parts. Whatever you need, you can find it on rockauto.com and it's quick, easy, and we deliver in just a few easy clicks directly to your door. The rockauto.com caliber is, un- is unique, marked easy to navigate, you quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You can choose the brand, specification, and price that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are reliably low, and the same professional professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. It's the all parts available for your car or truck. right LOCKED ON in the HAD TO HEAR ABOUT'S box so they know that we sent you. A main selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So with tonight's win, the Pacers... Save themselves from a real taking discussion because the Thunder are a terrible team. They didn't win. It would have been really bad. They they sit two and a half games ahead of the Raptors, who are the 11th seed in the East, and they're pitched over the 9th seed. It is a tight, tight race. I mean, the Raptors have been playing much better. lately. They've won four in a row. Uh, Washington is now the 10th seed with six straight wins at 25 and 33. There's a real chance the Raptors could could Catch the Pacers. I mean, if so, like, if the Wizards keep winning, obviously they'll catch the Pacers. But after beating Brooklyn tonight, then that's who Toronto be. That's a real win. They've got the Knicks, Cleveland, Brooklyn again, Denver, Utah, Lakers, Lakers, Washington, Memphis, LA, pa- no, Bulls, Mavericks, and Pacers to end the season. It could really come down to that to that playing game slash spot coming out of the last game. I mean, the, I wouldn't be surprised if. Um, Toronto, you know, they'll make between Brooklyn, Denver, Utah, and both LAs, that's and that's six really tough games. But like, I always probably they split them three to three, and that would be enough. If they win the rest to probably catch the Pacers. Uh, I think the Pacers will obviously win probably, they'll probably split this weekend. But with the injuries of the Pacer team, I don't know how many wins you'll be able to keep getting. Especially on um games that are so like quick turnaround, right? Obviously I get Detroit and Orlando are both kind of tanking, but in a back to back with eight guys or, or nine guys, you're kinda screwed a little bit. And the Patriots have some tough losses, right? I mean, I think they lose to Milwaukee, the Lakers, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, that's four losses right there. You know, Washington some toss up games now considering they got two games in Washington that could really decide, um could decide whether they, they stay in the top nine. Like there there's a good chance the Patriots could fall out could be Desperately fighting for the 10th spot now is that the worst thing I mean i'm I'm on the record of saying that like I don't know if the players should like full out tank but if they have to lose this season and don't make the playing game it's not the end of the world um you know i i'm I'm not totally against the idea of tanking I'm not against the idea that you need um that this is a good system to reward teams for losing because at the end of the day, I think this is probably the best of a lot of bad systems. You know, you want the best, the worst teams to be able to get the best players. I don't think you should be tanking for three or four years, but I think if you have selectively losing games, which I'm not even really sure is tanking for, you know, less than a season or a, you know, not a full season is not the end of the world, although I think it will eventually become an issue with ratings and stuff like that, but I don't think it's it's the end of the world to, be you know, reach a point where you realize you don't necessarily have an incentive to win games and getting a draft pick can really change a franchise in some ways, right? I mean, the Pacers, even if they lost their last 14 games, are not going to tank next year. So it's not like, you know, I'd be more concerned if I thought, oh, if they lose these next few games, miss the playoffs, they'll have to go into a full rebuild. No, they're going to bring back a good roster next year that should be able to compete. And if they somehow end up with the top four pick, that could completely change the trajectory of the team in a way that, like, I don't know. I mean, like, here's the thing about it. If they end up with, like, let's say the number one pick somehow, Right? Let's say they missed the playoffs, or the 11, maybe even the 12, somehow ended up as like the 7th-worst team, 8th-worst team in the league, had a real shot at, at the number one pick, and got it. That could let them make a trade for like like an all-NBA-type player. Right. All of a sudden, you're thinking, is somebody like Bradley Beal on the table for that kind of pick? Or, you make the selection, and in two or three years, your, your whole trajectory has changed so not totally not totally against it uh, i know there's some people I on this podcast even who are totally against tanking i think it's the worst thing ever we'll see i won't get your hopes up but it's gonna be an interesting Last 14 games it, it's gonna be a tighter race than what i thought maybe even two weeks ago so it's gonna be pretty close um and that's all i got for this lockdown pictures podcast we'll have a show tomorrow uh previewing the weekend's games the show's posting on thursday um, we'll present game and Tony will be back next Monday to our weekly show again. We'll see where they're at after the weekend's games against Detroit and Orlando. Tell you what, if they lose lose both, well, there will be some more taking talk, but leave it for there. That is all for the Locked On Pacers podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown On Pacers. Me up for minute five, my co-host at Tony's, Tony East at T-East NBA, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.